How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. DJ Uyangalale is not in the portal anymore. He has landed about as far away from Clemson, South Carolina as you could. He has landed in Corvallis, Oregon. He is an Oregon State Beaver. This is Durden Sprague. Nick's ready. Snap back to throw. Pressure comes. Throws it. Caught. Touchdown! Touchdown! Ducks score! Chase Kona! Chase Kona! But how about a job by Bo Nix with heavy pressure in his face? With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Looks like Sean McDermott, after talking to Zach Taylor, is going to pull his team the off the field. The game temporarily suspended. Joe, just talked with New York in the command center. The situation has risen to a point where they want to give both teams an opportunity to go back into a locker room to give them the opportunity. Whatever they need at this point, teams are driving. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. Alright! 6.02 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader 1080, The Fan. Welcome in. No horn, really? Happy Tuesday. There it is. There it is. Well, I, did, I couldn't tell. Swag looks like he doesn't know what he's doing for... Yeah, we doing okay over there, Swag? Hey, he looks a little confused. He's hitting buttons. We're not on. We are on. I don't know. I feel like our mic levels are a little hot right now. I feel like, see. No, I, we can we can bring him down. Nobody was in here for okay. most of the week. This is true. So. Yeah, not a lot of people in here the last two Wait, weeks. we didn't have weekend shows happen? What's what's the deal? I, I don't know. I Why don't know. would we not be doing weekend shows? I didn't check my email. I don't know what the schedule was. I don't know. I, I, apparently, Joe Fish was in here last week filling in, so shout out to Joe Fish for coming in. And also, apologies because I sound like absolute crap right now. But I feel fine. I just sound horrible. Are you sick? Yeah, I've been really sick the last five days. <laughs> Hey, welcome back. Why are you here? I'm, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel bad. Oh, I can't stay man. home if I don't, you know, yeah, you I'm can. over, I'm over that part of it of like feeling like Do you have crap. the flu? Do you get the vid? No, no vid. I tested. No vid. Okay. I'm vid free. What'd you get? It's just all in my nose. It's all clogged up. You have a nasal infection. I, well, it started in the throat and I, it worked yeah. its way up. Yep. I had it. This is where I'm at. It's why I sounded so weird. Hey. Look at us. Two peas in a pod. Apparently, nasal infections are becoming a rampant thing during the flu season. This is a thing now? It's the flu, it's the cold, and it's nasal infections if you don't have COVID. Of all the things that I should not get, some sort of nasal contrusion. Is that the right word? Contru- I, That's not the I right word. I don't know what that word I is. I think I made that word up. Yeah, Let's just word. fly with it and sure. act like it's real. 
I'm, I already have a whiny, nasally voice to begin with. God, that was bad. <laughs> and now you add this to the mix. It's just, it's going to be hell for three hours today. But it's good to be back. Well, at least somebody will be able to tell the difference between us. Yeah, look at that. We yeah, yeah you should now. be able to tell the difference now. Have that going for you. Yeah. yeah, okay, well, you're making me feel worse and somehow better at the same time. Good. By good. you telling me that you're not feeling well. No, I took I took my vid test. I'm negative for the vid. Well, no, I don't care about the COVID. Okay. Uh, you were maybe the worst person to text during our <laughs> week and a half break. I unplugged, baby. Oh, no, you didn't You didn't just, uh, you didn't exist. I detached I, from humanity. I'm pretty sure you you turned your phone off. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I maybe sent five tweets. I had to send a couple during the duck game. Obligatory. Make fun of USC. Like, that was a must. There was a few opportunities that I couldn't let pass by. Sure. But other than that, it was a total unplug. Yeah, I mean, I, I unplugged from the social media stuff, but, like, I, I shot you a text last week about the show, and you didn't respond for, like, seven hours. I was like, <laughs> I'm not worried about We're this, just not going to respond at all, I guess. I'm okay. on vacation mode, baby. Come on now. Well, we mean, can talk about this on January 3. Like, vacation would have been nice. Hey, uh, Mr. Three-Day Weekend on. over here. Easy. Yeah, Calm down. On. Did you volunteer to call the Les Schwab Invitational? <laughs> yes, you did. You volunteer it's... to do the Portland Pilot Games? You absolutely do. Uh -huh. You choose to work more than you do. <laughs> that life, right? It's just what's become expected <laughs> at this point. Hey, how about West Linwood in the LSI? But I will say that's one of the coolest uh, things I've been at uh, That recently. LSI? That LSI. I went to West that Lynn. LSI. What? I was at the LSI. I saw you on yeah. Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. Big yep. time, huh? I had to watch Bronny versus Central Catholic, and they got bludgeoned. <laughs> I yeah. saw my my Cleveland Warriors didn't fare very well against Duncanville. The number one team in the nation. Number one team in the nation. They were only down five at the end of the first quarter. Pushed yeah. them. That's kind of a win. Put a little heat into them. Central Catholic damn near didn't score in the first half of their game. That's not good. Or no, the first quarter, because we were like we were talking, we we're like, are they gonna score? Uh-oh. And they only scored because they got one shot and they got some free throws. Yes! We're on the board. Other than that, Bronny's team was was waxing the floor <laughs> with them. And then West Lynn beats the number one team in the country, which I didn't think anybody would have a chance at. Yeah, no you got to feel pretty good about uh, a point, point guard coming to Shellstad. Let's go, Shellstad. baby. Yep, Jackson Shellstad. Duck basketball season. So, How come nobody tweeted Duck State when we won the Civil War this weekend, huh? How come that wasn't a thing? Because nobody cares about college oh, basketball. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. you guys did win that game, though. I didn't yeah. know it was being played, but they won. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve. You're damn right, they won. Talk about the worst night to play a college basketball. <laughs> what game. are we doing? Pretty New much Year's Eve. during maybe the greatest college football playoff semifinal game that we've ever had. Like, let's go head to head against that. This sounds like a yeah. great idea. Oh, I I don't even think it's a contest. That was the greatest semifinal we've ever had. Georgia Oklahoma. Was a, was a no 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 game. We had two good games. Oh, for uh, we've yes. never had two good oh, games. Yeah. As in the day, you're not wrong. Yeah. Individual game, I think George Oklahoma is the only one that you could argue in the mix. Went to overtime. They were down by 17, I think, at the end of the first half. The only the only pushback on that, I would say, is I'd have to go back and look at what the spread was. TCU was a seven and a half to eight and a half point dog. Oh, they were both ma yeah, massive underdogs. And then Ohio State also, I think they were like six or five. It by came kick. down to five. It was being Ohio State was getting all the late money. Yeah, that I think it got down. It was five and a half or five at kickoff. I'll see if I can Google that. That that upset me and then also just ended exactly how I wanted it to end. I can understand people that don't want Georgia, but <laughs> I I hate Ohio State. I hate Ohio State as much as I hate the Dallas Cowboys. And so like if I can get them to lose it doesn't matter who beats them. My yeah. day is my day is made. Yeah, the only thing that I, that bummed me out was anytime you have a chance for a non-SEC championship, 
I mean, I, I get, Ohio State would have been non-SEC. And I, yeah. That excited me. I hate Ohio State as much as anybody, and I, I, I found myself there rooting for them late in that game. And it felt dirty. It felt weird. But just the thought of all the crap that the SEC shoves down our throats, and we were that close to having a no-SEC championship game after how many years of only SEC teams playing in that game and only SEC championship games a la Georgia-Alabama multiple times, I would have loved to have seen that. I'm going to make a bold proclamation here, having been to one game of however many they played at the Les Schwab Invitational. Yes. And by the way, shout out to our guy Reggie over there. Put on a great tournament and very helpful. Um, I think there's more interest if you get like LeBron's kid and the number one team in the country. I feel like there's more interest in our region for that tournament than there was for the PK this year. Now, let me counteract your argument. Sure. I think the only thing I would push back on is the timing of it. I think if you played the PKI this that dead week of December when nobody's working for the most part, I think you would get much better attendance numbers. Like if you tried to play the LSI over I don't Thanksgiving know. weekend, yeah. I don't think you're getting that kind of crowd. With the Civil War going on, with you know the get-togethers of family, like I just that's just a tough draw for me. It's fair, but you at that LSI tournament, you get like you get a lot of high school students that show up sure. to that thing. It's like Very a true. thing to go do for the younger generation, and then you get like the old heads like me that just want to sit in the stands and <laughs> hey, that's LeBron's kid. Huh? <laughs> How about that? He's Look in a commercial. Old I am, man. Hey, how close I am to LeBron. <laughs> Six degrees separation. Yeah. Yeah, there, were, be- there were more people at the Le- the Sierra Canyon Central Catholic game than I saw at the Oregon State-Florida game in a high school gym. Yeah, yeah. And at the Oregon State-Duke game. You had Oregon State play Duke in college basketball and damn near won the game. I can confirm, like, Liberty High School is not tiny. And no, so if they pack that, I, I'm like pretty 26, confident. 2700 I think they can get is in Is that there. how much it was? It's, it's approaching, I think, with standing room up around the balcony, you can get close to three. I'd be shocked if that many people went to Oregon State, Florida. I was there, so I was <laughs> almost counting them one by one. I felt like I could do that for the OSU-Duke game as well. Yeah. Thanksgiving morning, like, ah, it's one, two, three, four. Ah, there's 37 people there. Well, what'd you do during the break? Hey, by the way, your line, uh, the, the closest I could find was Georgia minus three. Yeah, they, I, I remember Oklahoma. that game being kind of a close spread, three, three and a half. And then, but that's why I think this one was better. That game was awesome. That was, uh, who was that? Was Baker versus, who was Georgia's quarterback? That was uh, uh, Fromm. Was that Fromm? Maybe, yeah, maybe it was Fromm. Yeah, it was Fromm. Um, that was an awesome game. It was like 52-49 or something. Yeah, went to OT. They were down 31-14 near the end of the first half. But but seeing TCU do that to Michigan, I just – I was wrong about a lot of these last couple bowl. I think I've lost like the last four in our bowl pickums. <laughs> I've been wrong a lot. That one was the most surprising. I just didn't see them physically matching what Michigan was. Not at all, no. Um, and for them to do that and to kind of trounce them. I know Michigan came back and cut it to, I think, three was the closest, and Michigan ended up losing it, and TCU pulled away. But There was even a moment, though, too, that's how crazy that game was, that you thought maybe Michigan could cover the spread. Like, they came back in that game. Oh, they, and they, were, they were up, right? They, they took a lead for a moment, yeah. and you're like, they have regained control. Michigan might cover the, after everything they've been through, they might cover this number after all, and that clearly didn't end up happening. Uh, so outside of the football watching, because that's basically all people, what else did you, did you do anything? You just sick the whole time? Dude, I did nothing, man. I did nothing. I mean, when you, you go right into Christmas, because we were off Thursday, was our last show, right? So then you'd ride into Christmas weekend, so that took up basically the first couple of days of it. And then there's always the Christmas hangover 
right? Like the day after Christmas, you don't really want to move. A couple of family get-togethers outside of that. And then the last five days, I've just been sick as hell. And it was just a horrible way to end, horrible way to end the vacation. Do you guys get sad when Christmas is over? Yes and no. Yeah. I have a brief moment of, this sucks. Like taking down the trees, kind of depressing. I love Christmas trees. But you know where my mind honestly goes? This, this tells you where my mindset was at on vacation. You know what's up next? What? Golf season. Well, the like, Masters commercial aired exactly. uh, during the playoff. Exactly. I was like, like, oh, my God. That's how quickly it flips in my mind of like, hey, fall, football, holiday season, this is great, to, dude, in like two months we're going to be playing golf. I and played I, golf yesterday. Look at you. I played nine holes. How did it go? I played better nine holes, but considering sure. I haven't swung the sticks in two months, two and a half months, not not as bad as I thought it would be. Off-season regimen's going to begin this week, baby. I, You know, you realize when you play a sport like that, because it's all just like, it's just muscle memory, right? You kind of do, when you go back and play for the first time in a long time. Yeah, you're like a newborn giraffe trying to walk for a minute. You are, but you're also like, I think you can gauge how much better you've gotten as a golfer by that point. How quickly you can dial it back Pick in. it back up and hit a straight shot 145 yards and drop mm-hmm. it within four feet of the pin. And Let's have go, your skull, baby. Oh, my God, I'm yeah. feeling things I haven't felt. Let's go. Like, yeah, you, you start to feel that. I, I didn't do as much either. We, we had our Christmas canceled uh, with yeah. my dad. He got sick. He got sick, yeah. Uh, so we had to make that up, and then I went up there for you know New Year's Day and watched football and hung out with family and had awkward conversations. <laughs> uh, I would say the most, like the most exciting part of my vacation outside of just not being involved. I've deleted my Instagram app, by the way. Did you really? Yeah, Look I don't have it. Uh, I'm still on it, but I don't have it. And I don't know if I'm going to get back on. Good for you, man. I think 2023. I'm going to like limit the tweeting, do my tweets, some thoughts. Not oversaturate your timeline, and that's it. I don't even know if I want to go back on Instagram. It's just a pointless. There's literally I've never no point. been on it. You just scroll and look at photos, or you just like watch people yeah. eating food. I, I like, yeah. what am I doing here? I'm always on it more for golf tips and cooking lessons. <laughs> that's all Instagram was good for for me. You check your search tab, and that's those are the only suggested posts that come up. I've I've thought the same thing. More power to you for getting off. It's it is horrible. Like, there's nothing on my timeline anymore that is even stuff that I want to see. Well, my Twitter sucks now because Elon bought it, so it's just advertisements. That are always uh, pinned to the top. And they're and just advertisements. The yeah, I'm scrolling. Yeah, I, I see a swag tweet. I'm like, hey, swag tweeted. Scroll like seven tweets. It's like Cadillac, Tesla. Like, by the way, is that legal for him to post Tesla promoted <laughs> advertisements? I, I don't know what's legal anymore. I want an investigation, damn it. <laughs> I don't know what's legal either. Uh, but the most monumental thing I did... Uh, the family and I, we're going to get more active in 2023. We made a vow. What are you going to do? We're going to start exercising as family. Oh, a family exercise routine. Family exercise routines, okay. yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. So what's this at home? Do you have, like, are you, you building, like, a home gym? Or are you going to join a gym and go somewhere together and rock climb? Well, we're just out about. We're, we're getting active. We're walking. Go. We're hiking. You know, that's kind of, we yeah, set right. resolutions for our family. There you go. Okay, all right. My resolutions were not very uh, achievable for the year, but I like to aim big. There you, know, you go. I want a beach house. Yeah, I uh, see that. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the kind of resolutions that I'm on board. My with. daughter was like, "Eat healthier," and I was like, "Wow, that's it." I wrote, "Get a beach house." 
set your sights a little higher. My family, we have a tradition where we get together at the end of the year every year, and we make predictions for the upcoming year. So essentially, they can be goals, but you can do sports predictions, whatever. And we seal them in an envelope. Does anybody write a sports prediction? You oh, just write, yeah. Like, Giants will win the World Series? I just do a random one. Like, oh, yeah, I, I took the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. That was one of my picks. But you make, like, five predictions. Bold take. But very bold. I know. They're not. They're, they're well, I guess technically the number one seed still. But uh, you seal it, and then you don't open it until the end of the next year. I always go big. Like one of mine this year was I'm going to break seventy on the golf course. Wow! I'm going to break seventy. You shoot for the stars, man. I'm not. I'm not settling here. Okay, not a midlife crisis. We're shooting for the moon this year. I'm just. I'm just trying to play. I'm trying to break eighty four, and play more basketball. Oh, you can break eighty four. I, I I don't like how easy. I don't you like your. That. I don't like your tone the way you, you say. You can that. easily break eighty four. Uh, I've got to break eighty this year. I have to break. You 80. have to break eighty. Yeah. You didn't golf last year. Huh? You didn't really golf last year. I got out there a little. It, it was in spurts. Not compared to the year prior. You no, not compared to the year prior. You're a madman. Um, but, yeah, but there were spurts, and it was amazing. Like, if I played, like, you know, it sort of depended on, you know, when the hops were home and when they were away. So if they went on, trip, like, a, you'd ride a heater. <laughs> they were, like, a two-week road trip. Then, yeah, I could play, you know, five, six times a week at least. You know, there were some days I just went out for nine holes or whatever. But I there were a couple 82s, 83s in there, and I'm like, and there were a couple, like, doubles or whatever. You're right there. I, You're right there knocking on the door. There's no clear indication that we're back than us basically wrapping our first segment <laughs> up with, hey, our New Year's resolutions, be better at golf. Exactly. I mean, that's a good resolution. you got to have goals in life, and those are those are mine. Yeah, but sadly, I don't know how much better you can get. Oh, I can get better, baby. I can get better. This is the year. This is the year. I hope you're right. I'm in the right system. I put it all together. I might even be a Heisman finalist. This That'd, is the year. It'd be pretty dope if you were. Although the Heisman finalists can't win their New York Six games. So there you go. God, that was fun. Uh, well, we have a lot to discuss today. And we have to start with the elephant in the room. And that was what happened in Cincinnati. So we'll start there. Josh Pate's going to join us at 730. And what we're going to do with Josh is we'll get a national championship prediction from him. But I want the conversation to really just be all Pac-12. Pac-12 season is over. Utah was the last game. They lost because, well, they had their quarterback got hurt. Again, man, I feel bad for Utah. Penn State got away with a holding call and a long run. Like, that, you know, that didn't end well for the conference. But the season's over, and it feels like there's more anticipation for next season then I can remember maybe ever me doing this job in our decade of doing this. I don't know if I've anticipated a season more next year than I have coming for this upcoming season. So we'll talk with Josh Pate about that at 730. Uh, loaded show, and it's a Tuesday, so get those mail sack questions in. Dirt and Sprague, happy to be back with you. We get it going on 1080. The- How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. Good morning. Feels good to be back. Feels great. Did a couple Blazer pods during my break, uh, but largely didn't really talk a lot either. I was in here for the pregame show. We we showed up super late because 84 shut down on the way in, so that was fun. Really? Yeah, yeah. Shut I, down? Shut down, yeah. I was on 84, and then all yeah. of a sudden I got a message that uh, all four lanes westbound 84 are closed. It's like, this is great. I'm on 84. How do I get off? So the pregame show was late? Uh, Dusty was thankfully in here. Anthony showed up at about 1245. I got in here at about 1230-ish, wow. give or take. So uh, we, we rolled from there. Well, uh, we'll get we'll get to some college football stuff. We'll get to Ducks and some Beavers stuff. Obviously, uh, Patrick and Joe filled in for us during our break, so they they talked about some of that stuff. But we didn't talk about DJU. DJU coming going to Oregon to State, the Oregon State University, the OSU, the OSU, the real OSU. So much, so good on so many. levels. They were the only OSU to win their bowl game, right? You damn right they were. Ohio State lost. Gundy, Oklahoma, Gundy Oklahoma lost, State. and Ohio State oh, lost. There you go. You're the only OSU that matters. Uh, and we'll get to Oregon winning their bowl game and just kind of the Pac-12 uh, excitement for next year. But I don't know how we don't start with DeMar Hamlin last night. Uh, there's a lot of avenues we could take this conversation. We're not going to do the three-hour show that ESPN just did where it was just Max Kellerman talking in a sad voice. It's a super sad, scary event that happened last night. DeMar Hamlin in the first quarter tackles T. Higgins. T. Higgins dropped his shoulder into his chest. Uh, both guys fall to the ground. Both get up. Looked like Hamlin was maybe saying some stuff, and then yeah, he just he popped dropped. right up, and then he just dropped to right his back, back and immediately called for care. And the minute I knew something was wrong, I texted you guys. Um, but when you saw Josh Allen's face, yeah, yeah, that's when you're like, oh, this isn't a routine injury. No. This isn't. I I didn't even go to the neck stuff. I was like, no, there's something scarier at play here. Yeah, 
it initially looked like a concussion, the way he stood up and there's just, he figured there was some sort of head injury because we see that a lot. Guys will stand up, kind of get woozy, fall back down. That happened to Tua earlier this year. Um, and Coincidentally that's, in Cincinnati. And, yeah, and that's just, that's kind of where your mind goes initially, right? I missed it live. I was in the kitchen, hence the illness, and I was making some tea, but I had the game, it's in the living room, so I have a vantage point to the TV and I just see guy down on the field, didn't really make much of it, and I'm just sitting there making a tea, not really paying attention. They go to commercial and then you guys started texting. And I'm like, huh? And that's when I walked over. And then basically from that moment on, I was, I don't know, numb, paralyzed. Like, I just sat there. Like, I couldn't change the channel. The Blazer game started. I didn't really care. It felt weird to, like, flip over to the Blazer game and try and act like nothing was was going on. It just, it, it was a really weird feeling. We have not seen something like this happen very often in the history of sports, especially modern history. And now that you know some of the details about what took place, I mean, the most recent one that comes to mind is the Danish soccer player. That Thankfully, they saved his life. And yeah, Christian he's, Eriksen. He's gone on to uh, you know still play and score game-winning goals and have a great career. So you're hoping that the same thing ends up happening for Hamlin. But it's such an out-of-left-field thing that we're – we're desensitized, I think, to football injuries. We cringe a little bit at big hits. And even when there's concussions, like the stuff that happened with Tua in Cincinnati earlier this year, where his fingers go you know, hard and he can't move, it's horrifying. But we've seen it so many times, you just kind of move on and you keep watching the game. And it's in the back of your mind to a certain extent. Th- this one was different. I'm with you. The players' reactions to it. The second you heard Joe Buck say they are frantically giving this dude CPR on the field, it just antennas are going up like this. This is not a normal injury, and there's no way they're going to finish this game. Yeah, I thought the players, as hard as that was, Tredavious White, I think, was the one for me. Like, he, he was full on, like, Nobody was consoling him in that moment. I think that was like, oh, my God, that guy's reacting like that. Obviously, something bad's happening. I thought them circling around him, where I'm sure some fans could kind of see, but for no cameras to be able to see, I I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, It's obviously a terrifying situation, but I... I don't know. I felt weird. The the replay thing on injuries is, it's it's not a... It's a tricky thing, man. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here. They showed, I think, it twice... And then they didn't show it again. Well, then in that moment, too, you don't really know what's happening. Like, you're showing the replay because the guy got hurt, and you're just, here's how he got, here's the injury. Yeah, you, go you don't know from, what's happening. You go from doing a sports broadcast to some sort of news. You're doing a news program you're doing at that an, point. You're, you're doing breaking news coverage at that point. So to be able to show, okay, this is what happened just preceding yeah. him collapsing. I mean, the worst thing, I mean, we all. I I, I didn't. I didn't see anything that was massively inappropriate. I, no, I, no, I'm I not suggesting it. I'm saying I'm glad I'm people glad, get yeah. hot and bothered by replays being showed yeah. of injuries. I'm glad they only showed that twice. They stopped doing it. Yeah, that. I think they were trying to figure out, okay, where what, what actually happened so they can. And then after, once you see it, then they know. The, the you know, I, I didn't know, like our boss texted us last night. Uh, he, he remembers seeing Chuck Hughes of the Lions suffered a fatal hit during a game. They ended up playing that game somehow. Um, and I didn't know about that. I didn't either. In my lifetime, I've just not seen, I've seen some bad, like Ryan Shazier came to my mind last yep. night. Yep. Uh, hell, Antonio Brown, when he took the hit against the Bengals in that playoff game, that popped in my head. Tua, you I mentioned. went straight to, I, I didn't go football. I went straight to Hank Gathers because I was watching that. I was too L- young for that. LMU, I know Portland game that night. I want to say it was 1980. I think it was 1989. Um, it, and it was the first round of the WCC against Portland uh, when he collapsed. Now, he had a pre-existing condition. It wasn't the first time, but that happened in the course of a game, and 
yeah, it was it was just everything stopped. They now they did they canceled the game, they canceled the tournament, uh, allowed everybody to go on, and it was left up to Bo Kimball and the team to decide where they're going to take their NCAA bid, and they did, and it was one of the more remarkable runs and mm-hmm. everything that meant and him shooting his free throws left-handed and all of those things. But that's where my mind went immediately. I, you know, I did a hit on the wolf this morning because, you know, country folks want to talk about sports from time to yeah. time and something like this is so massive. And it was interesting. I, one of the hosts asked me, you know, is this more of an internal thing than external? Cause I'm, I'm watching the replay here and looks routine. And this is in no way a shot at them. Because I think we all thought the same thing. It looks routine. But that's the crazy thing that that moment, like, kind of replugs into your brain is that's the equivalent of he just suffered a car crash. Yeah. And we just see those hits so routinely and so much that you're like, yeah, he got up. It's a tackle. You know, you see Higgins drop the shoulder a little bit, really give a little FU energy in the football field. I'm used to seeing that. When you see a guy drop like that, I, I, I think what that does is it's what you said. I had the Blazer game on my iPad, but I I was glued. I could not change the channel. I, I, I didn't want him to play, but I was I could not look away and stop watching and even though there was no new information that was gonna come out. I mean they took him to the hospital. No. You were praying that you weren't gonna get the announcement that he had passed away. Like that was the main thing. But I was afraid he did and they just yeah. didn't want to say it or show it on the TV. I, I, I was afraid of every scenario in play last night of like, you know, them saying game CPR and Got him back. I, I wasn't even sure they were telling us the truth because it's it's such a scary looking scene. But I, I yeah, I couldn't stop watching that and I just like wanting to hear the updates with him and then just seeing like the live like how you do TV in that moment. Susie Colbert and Booger McFarlane and Adam Schefter and then SVP and Ryan Clark after yeah. that and Hell, Troy Aikman, I don't know if you got I don't think he talked more than twice. He, I know he, he didn't was, know what to say. He, he just was say. frozen kind of. And Joe Buck doing the same thing, like, no new update. I mean, that was pretty awful how long it took the NFL to call that thing. Joe Buck coming back and it still says temporarily suspended, even though the Bills equipment's being packed up in front of our eyes. Yeah. Lisa Salter's giving us an update with no, like, update update. So it's just like it was... I don't know. I couldn't stop watching. You're, you're you're feeling a million different emotions in that moment, and now yep. we just wait to hear the latest on him because so far what we know is they've put him to sleep, they put breathing tubes down his throat, yeah, and he's in critical condition. Sedated him, critical condition, and, and the concern was over how long he was on the field with – I mean, they were giving him CPR for somewhere between 8 and 10 minutes, so you assume he – how long he wasn't – his heart wasn't beating, how long he wasn't breathing. Right. How long was the oxygen deprivation to the brain? That's that's the concern. First responders are incredible, man. Like the fact that you can run on to the field in that moment in front of that many people on national television and potentially save a guy's life, and we're all hoping that he's going to make it and things will be okay. It's like that he stopped breathing on the field. He suffered cardiac arrest. And the fact that we have the ability in first responders that can do that, it's, it's awe-inspiring for me. And, and also a tip of the cap to the broadcasters for last night. Like there's nothing in a handbook that ever teaches you how to handle handle a moment like that and essentially you're just you're just filling time 
because you're not going to cut away from that. That was the most anticipated, you could argue, NFL game of the entire season. And it took them an hour to cancel the game. We don't know why, but it took them an hour. And so you can't just cut away to here's other programming and put a ticker at the bottom of the screen that says game postponed. Like, you got to stay there. And you can't be in commercial break the entire time. And to fill an hour of television, I, I thought all of them, from Buck and Aikman, even though Aikman didn't say much, um, Lisa Salter's down on the field. The guy, you know, Booger, I thought, had some great comments. Ryan Clark was amazing. To fill that, you know, much time and be that emotional and that uh, in tune with kind of the moment in the audience, I thought was was really impressive on all their parts. Well, the TV aspect, I, I want to carry over of just hearing kind of how you report and do that is, uh, I mean, it's almost a superpower to a certain extent. So we got some more on this. Demar the Bills last night, and now he is in the hospital in Cincinnati. And just a, a traumatic experience for a team. What the NFL does now going forward is interesting as well it's just such a weird position for both sides to be in given everything that's that's going on right now so more on Demar Hamlin and how everybody handled that we'll get to that next this is Tony Kornheiser show I'm Tony we expected someone else so what exactly is the show about hmm I don't know it's a sports show nominally football's over but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck greatest three words in the English language pitchers and catchers we have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. Talking about the uh, DeMar Hamlin situation last night in that bills Bengals game. Uh, so kind of a lot to unpack based on tweets that you saw. Uh, very odd. Joe Buck announced just shortly after he was uh, taken by the ambulance. Joe Buck goes, hey, they have five-minute warm-up session. Hey, and you got he, five minutes. Let's go. And then you see Joe Burrow with his helmet on throwing passes. And you're like, are they really just going just gonna to play this game? Yeah. Uh, and then that didn't happen because Zach Taylor and McDermott come together and say, mm, let's go to the locker room. So they go to the locker room in a traditional halftime sense, see if they can regather themselves. I actually don't know if that was really the case. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. It felt like more like they knew that game was not going to get played than regrouping and playing the game. But yet the NFL continued to go and go. And by the way, the situation is only called if Goodell calls and says, all right, we're postponing this thing. And so it's an odd scene where Lisa Salters is in the back we're seeing them on the phone, the coaches. Stephon Diggs reportedly in a towel talking to Bengals players. Yeah, he was already, like, showered and gone. He was done. Their equipment's being loaded up on TV, and Joe Buck's still coming back going, it still hasn't technically been postponed, but the Bills stuff is being carted away. Yeah, felt like, I don't know if there was a missing link of communication there somewhere. Of Something like this. happened. And, I, you know, the, the other thing, too, I— the, a lot of people criticized the NFL last night, and it feels like rightfully so. The only thing that I'll say is I don't know, like, how immediate of information are you getting? Like, obviously, at some point you're going to find out what's happening. But, like, while they're while they're giving, you know, the players down on the field, I don't think there's an official that's standing inside that huddle talking to first responders that's on the phone with Roger Goodell. So I'm, there's getting some sort of, like, hey, this is serious, but I don't know how much information they knew right away and I would hope once they found out they said we're not going to play this game but all of it was a really weird look and we all knew that they there was no chance in hell because of the way the players looked like a 
imagine if something, God forbid, happened to one of us during the show. And they had to rush. An ambulance had to come pick one of us up. We had a cardiac issue and rush to the hospital. AED maybe saved a life. But the company would never say, hey, you need you have an hour and you know two hours and 20 minutes left in your show. I'll give you a five-minute commercial break, and then you got to go finish it. That would never happen because of the trauma that you just went through in witnessing that. And there was, there was never a chance they were going to play that game. The show would be done as soon as the incident took place. It would be, be over. There'd be no conversation no. to be had. You just turn it off, and you figure out what you need to do. You go blow smoke if you think you're doing yes. a show with something like that happening. No. No. I always just feel weird when we, we do that. So I remember when Tua happened, it was like, even yep. that, that felt odd. They just played the game and it ended up being kind of a close competitive game. But I don't know what we're going to find out today from the NFL. Um, hopefully we get a good update from Hamlin. I thought one of the better parts of humanity showed itself last night. His GoFundMe for his toy drive that he has put on in Pittsburgh. Yep. It went super viral. Um, when I clicked it, when I initially saw it, it's $104,000 of his $2,500 goal. And when I refreshed it about an hour later, there was seven hundred and eighty some thousand. It's over three million dollars. Yeah. really cool. Me donations. Yeah. So I, I think one Bills Mafia is notoriously great in this. They yep. donate all the time to their own team and opposing, opposing players, team, opposing teams, players, and efforts as well. But I, I just, I don't know how that doesn't strike you as a human last night to watch that and like, I almost felt like I was gonna cry. Like I was just like, this is awful for this yeah. guy. This is happening. His parents are in the stands. His teammates look just dejected. They, I, I, I don't know how you could have even possibly played that game. I don't know what the NFL is going to decide to do now. I feel like it's pretty easy, man. Just market a tie and move on. I, I, I tend to agree with that. I don't need to see them play. If They're they, both in the playoffs already. Yeah. If you give them a tie, because look, ultimately, it, it, football will come back around. and The playoffs are going to happen, and we'll get back into those conversations. If you give them both a tie, it accomplishes... A certain, I think Buffalo would still remain or at least have a shot at the number one seed. Cincinnati would technically, I believe, lock up the division, which was what they were playing for last night. Like, just move on. You're not going to play the game today. You're not going to play it tomorrow. There's one week to go in the regular season. There's no time table to reschedule this thing and get it back on the books. I'm sure Buffalo wants nothing to do with playing this game again. Just just move on. Wash your hands with it. Call it a tie and move on to week 18. Here is uh, some of the TV excellence we had last night in the midst of of awkward live programming, you get some of the consummate professionals. Here was SVP and Ryan Clark. I thought they had a lot of good stuff. Uh, SVP and Ryan Clark last night. How do they move on from this? I don't know. And I would, I was, I I don't know. That's the part tonight that was, that was so evident that, that, that that five minutes, (laughs) we're not playing football. Okay. No one's playing football in five minutes or 30 minutes. Not tonight. But I mean, Let's work through this. Like, what, are they going to do it tomorrow? I mean, I have no idea. And, I mean, frankly, again, as we speak right now with this young man in critical condition, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care when they play football. But at some point, it's, a, in, it's an answer that in, has to come. In, in, in truth, if the NFL cares about the players, this is the first time I believe the NFL truly had to care about the players' emotional and mental health as well. This is the first time we got to watch those emotions. We got to watch that type of, of thought process right in front in of us. In real time. Right? We never get to see that. Because it had to happen. It had to happen in real mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I, I thought SVP, like a, every, a lot of everybody had to be on TV last night, did an exceptional job. This is not taking anything away. I thought SVP was really good. Here was Swag, was this his opening when they had come to SVP from finally 
deciding to cancel, who it may, may or may not be. Here is SVP last night. I have an appreciation for the fact that there's so much going on here that, that initially there was a sense that maybe they'd take five minutes and get loose and play. And, I, and as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking there's no possible way that that's going to happen. And it seems to me, Lisa, that it was Taylor and McDermott and their respective players who essentially said, threw up their hands and said, no, we're not. We're not playing football in five minutes. And again, that's I, I could be entirely wrong, but that was the sense I got as I watched. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what you do here, man. Like somebody tweeted last night, I just hope that these guys get therapy. Like I'm not even They're thinking about need football, it, but like I, I'd rather them get therapy before we talk about when they play a football game. Is that what Ryan Clark? That's right. Ryan Clark had this. So here was Ryan Clark. For over 100 grown adult men, who their entire lives have put on pads and understood the risk you take every time you do it mm-hmm. to be speechless, to be in tears, to be gathered in prayer. That tells you how significant this moment was, not only for DeMar Hamlin, who it's the most significant for, for his mom that had to come out of the stand so she could go to the hospital with him, to even now, Cincinnati Bengals fans understanding that this is bigger than football. This is bigger than Lombardi trophies. This is life. Yeah. And uh, I want to get to this one before we wrap up the segment. Coley Harvey uh, covers the Bills. Here was He was outside of the hospital. He used to cover the Bengals, too. Uh, here is uh, Coley Harvey on SVP outside of the hospital giving an update on uh, DeMar Hamlin and sharing an interesting story. I did have that moment to speak with the receiver, Bills receiver, Stephon Diggs, and he uh, essentially expressed how he, how much he needed to be here. Uh, you know, you just heard from Adam Schefter saying that so many people around the NFL, around this team, are desperate to know anything about DeMar Hamlin's status, and that's exactly what I got from Stephon Diggs. I actually walked with him uh, towards the medical center. I could only go so far. He got to a cop, and the cop Initially, was not going to let him in, but he said, this is my teammate. I have to be here for my teammate. This is so frustrating right now. We just want to know what the news is on our guy. And uh, the cop just basically kind of let him go at that point. I I actually had to vouch for him and explain exactly who he was. Um, That just, again, not just that, that, that desperation, but that frustration from the people who are closest to DeMar Hamlin, that they don't have the, uh, the news at this point. My worldview butt in at that moment because I saw that live and I went, how do you not know who Stefan Diggs is? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Not a football fan. Uh, you're not watching yeah, close enough? Don't watch football. No, there's an NFL player at the hospital. Yeah, the, the Ryan Clark perspective was great because he went through, I mean, not something identical, but he, had, he nearly lost his life playing football too. I, that's an injury that I think a lot of people forget about, like 2007, 2008. He couldn't famously play in the Tebow playoff game because the altitude was too high for his yeah. blood yeah. that it would have like messed his, I, I, his system or something would have got messed up. Well, and he lost his, I think, his spleen and his gallbladder, and he collapsed and a horrible injury, lost a bunch of weight, was in a hospital for like a month and a half, and he didn't know if he was going to make it. He didn't know if he was going to play football again. And so to get his perspective, uh, I thought was was really touching. And the other aspect of this is that, you know, I, again, I'll use the example, and you can use this in anybody's workplace, but imagine if this happens in front of you, how traumatizing this would be. And, and looking down and thinking that somebody that is your brother, somebody that is your teammate, somebody that you spend a lot of time with, 
they might die in front of you. And, and there are life-saving, life-saving measures going on. Uh, I can't imagine the PTSD that that, that would trigger. The, the It's going to take a long time for some of these guys to get over it. Even a player like T. Higgins, who, to no fault of his own, is probably going to feel somewhat responsible for this, as ludicrous as that is, because, of course, it wasn't his fault. He's just playing football. Uh, these these guys are going to take a while to get over it, which is why whenever the conversation came back to how do you play this, like, you're not playing this game. You can't play this game. These guys are going to need at least a week to get over this. I don't know what their mindsets are going to be going into Week 18. Eventually, we'll, you know, I'm sure they'll start to move on and recover from it but it's going to take a while and the mental health side of this for both those locker rooms it should be a priority for the nfl yeah we got i want a little more on this and then we'll move on we'll, we'll go to the uh we haven't talked about oregon's win over unc we've talked about dj transferring to oregon state we got josh paid at 7 30 so we we will move on but there's one more thing i one more aspect of this i i wanted to talk about um on the hamlin situation last night just because this was unprecedented unprecedented territory in watching football at least for me in my lifetime i've seen some bad injuries that was a situation that just felt it felt like it was a little above anything normal that I had seen in an injury yeah. front. Um, so more on that, Dirt and Sprague, back with more on the fans. So we'll get to uh, Oregon's win over UNC, ending their year on 10 wins. That's right, baby. Never a doubt. Man. Easy, comfortable win. I, I, I got to be honest, a little surprised. No uh, big deal. <laughs> yeah, you were never sweating that one. No, not at all. And, you know, I my timing of not really being on Twitter for vacation did not coincide well with the news of DJ transferring to Oregon State. Because I basically <laughs> didn't tweet. People were tweeting me, and I'm like, I'm kind of numb to this right now. I don't know what to think. I'm feeling all kinds of feelings. I'll try to sum it up by the time I get back on the air. It's moving in my pants, baby. Um, so we'll try to talk about that. We got, we got Josh Pate at 730. We'll talk about the Pac-12 season and kind of how he views the conference going into next year, an early look into next season. Is, uh, you know, Dirt's going to feel all cocky sniffing. I'm going to feel all cocky sniffing. You Dub fan's going to feel cocky sniffing. Yeah, USC yeah, should, fan. Should we just man. start all buying our uh, tickets for Vegas now? <laughs> uh, Ducks, I, Beavers, I, you know what we Civil need to War, do? Part de in Vegas. Part de. We know. Those can go to Vegas. Danny is a USC fan, so he applies in this. We need to find a Husky fan, and we need to all pool our resources and buy stuff for the Pac-12 championship game, and just so, like one of us is going to go, right? Like between Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, and USC, one of those teams is going to be in the Pac. Maybe two, if not two. If I'm not two, I'm not lying to you guys. I say this every time, and then I lie. I truly do. I mean this deeply. Sure, sure. New Year, new you. If they go, <laughs> if my beeves go, have you looked at those prices? I'm going. Okay. I'm paying two grand. Don't oh. care. Oh, wow. Want to go to Vegas for the Pac-12 I will title? be at the Pac-12 title. If Oregon State's at the Pac-12 championship game, you're yeah. damn right I'll be there. Was 1964 an outright conference win or a shared conference win? Because they uh, 2000, I know, wasn't, and that's their only other claim to a Pac-12 title. That was a shared win with Washington, and they didn't go to the Rose Bowl. Which is kind of weird because Washington beat them that year. Yeah. In their head-to-head. Technically, it's they both had one loss, and I think that's I, how yeah. you classify it. I, I know, but you know what I'm saying. Yes. I, I, I don't know. Knowing Oregon State's like it was a shared conference. Because I was trying to think, when was their last outright conference win? And I didn't know if 1964 was it or not. It was shared with USC. So when when was the last time they won the conference outright? 1956. 1956. They shared it with Oregon in it's, 57. Nobody's counting that. My dad weeks. was six years old. Your dad was... Wow! Yeah, born in 1950. I, I don't think I don't think about stuff like like that. Just feels that was, so far away now. That was the last time Oregon State did it. Uh, yeah, I don't. 
that doesn't really mean anything to me, so I'm not really counting that. Uh, I need one, you know, my era. That'd be a nice. modern history win. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I love. It's really nice. It's kind of cute, even that you include Danny and USC as if we're to take them seriously. Hey, Lincoln, win a New Year's Day game. Ah, oh, welcome to the dark side, buddy. Come hey, on over. Actually, care about one side of the ball. <laughs> I dare you. I double dog dare you. You know who their top three recruits? What side of the ball they all play? That everybody's all excited. Offense. Offense. You know what recruits they lost. <laughs> Defense. Defense. Yeah. Including the five-star player. Wake me up when he can coach a defense. Well, he doesn't even coach it. Wake me up when he has a well, coordinator. Well, he's the head coach. Like, I, well, I know. He's in charge of the program. I know. He's never, like, this is the same. He's the same every year. You know what? We got way too Hold much it. Pac-12 talk in right now. Put a pin in it. Is, is Venables going to be available soon? <laughs> no, I mean, that would be hilarious, by the way. <laughs> if Venables got fired at Oklahoma and went to coach Lincoln Riley at If USC. Lincoln really wants to stay in college, I'm still not convinced he will. If he does and Venables gets fired, why would you not, if <laughs> exactly. you're USC, throw him the bag? Here's $5 million for be your coach on defense. Um, you know, one more thing on DeMar Hamlin. It, it's just, it's so sad. And I... I'm not. We're not saying anything. Anybody else hasn't no. already said it was yeah. said for two hours last night on TV. We all watched every second of it. We all were glued to it. Um, please don't take this as insensitivity. I really don't know what the NFL is to do here. Like, I don't either. The football because... side of this is it, it, it. Fascinating is probably not the right term to use, but like, what do you do? It's a major part of the equation. Yeah, because like you don't want to say this, but well, like the this reality is, is the case... Chiefs are fighting for the ones, yeah. and the Bills are trying to keep the ones, and the Bengals are jockeying for the division, and they had an outside shot of the one seed too if they win last night. Well, maybe they even could have won it. Well, this will Pittsburgh be Steelers beat the uh, a yeah. case study for management crisis in big corporations, like twenty years from now. This is like an to me. This almost feels like a slight economic collapse for a company where you're like. What are we doing? How are we stopping this right now? I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do if you're the NFL. I was asked this morning, will the NFL change anything after this? And I said, well, the NFL is usually good at reacting to everything in the offseason. I always give them credit for that. And they've done an exceptional job. I think in the concussion stuff, I know you can point to bad concussions, see Tua. But if you just look at the raw data, I believe it suggests that their concussions are slightly down from when they started implementing concussion protocol stuff. However, I don't know what the NFL is to do now. That's a routine play. That that's a, a happens on every play. Yeah. You cannot well, control that. That how I think how quickly they got out there with equipment, administered CPR. There are reports. I don't know if they're um, verified about. You know, they had a defibrillator there on yeah. the sidelines to for their use and getting the ambulance out there. So I don't know how much more quickly you could expect them to respond to get medical personnel out there to assess the situation, to start giving treatment. I, I don't honestly know what else. I mean, it's harrowing and it's something you never expect to see on an NFL field. And I'm sure they will go back, but I don't know what else they had everything that they could possibly have available to them to treat him. I, I don't know what else they could have done any faster. Well, the other part of it, too, is, it, you know, I we'll have to find out eventually. Was it the collision that caused the cardiac arrest? Did he have a, a or was condition it or a something? condition that was undiagnosed? Because yeah. yeah. there's a lot of people out there that are that why I lost some close friend last year. That, the, that's for. That's well, for I know. But the, the, the point I was going to make is that, I mean, this this has a chance to be kind of a uh, raise your hands in the air moment for the NFL, because if this guy had if, if it was a condition that was undiagnosed and it happened when he was at home on his own, he's dead. 
but he's not coming back. So the fact that it happened potentially on the field might have saved his life because you had the personnel that were there, all the equipment that was necessary, the first responders that could get to with him in a, get to him within a matter of seconds. That doesn't happen in any other instance unless it happens on a practice field. So I, there's there's more information and research that needs to be done there on how this this all transpired. But there's no right answer on how the NFL handles this because there's no there's no playbook here. There's no there's no hit like. Do you give him ties? You give him wins? You try and reschedule? Like, there's no right answer. No matter what you do, somebody's going to be happy. Wednesday, it'll be controversial. Uh, like, yeah, the whole thing. Is yeah, just, had this uh, happened no right week answer three, to you've got bye weeks. You can shift around yes. and all that sort of stuff. But it's now the the season, it's man. the end of the season. You've got teams that are jockeying for playoff seeds, yeah. and you're, you know, it's, it's just a big part of the story, right? Like, yeah. I, it's it's not important. What's important is Demar Hamlin's health, and and I just I keep thinking about that guy and thinking about his family. And but you know, also just from the sports angle, like I, I, what the NFL does here, it's, it's fascinating. Like, do you just cancel dipping your shoulder into players? Well, then you're getting more subjective penalties. Where we're arguing, is that really rough in the passer? Like, yeah. we're just moving closer to that. In my mind, honestly, I'll be honest. My mind went to the, we just like one more of these away from them altering football in general. Like, I know that's easy to throw out on the day after you saw something awful happen, but I, I don't know, man. Like, people get turned off by that stuff. I, It makes me like, God, I just, I watch this game. I consume this game. I'm obsessed with this game. And then that hit happens. You just, you say it's routine. You know, it, it is a routine hit. It could be maybe he had a heart condition or maybe he suffered what, some medical people on Twitter were suggesting where there's trauma to the chest and it causes yeah. – we don't know. We have to wait for that stuff. But that, to me, is a big answer to the question that you're asking because we this happens. It's you know, big-picture stuff that you go to when you see it. Guys go through heart conditions, and it's a, it's a reason why you know Chris Bosh went through this in his NBA career. LaMarcus Aldridge went through this in his NBA career. When they discover something that's irregular and could cause problems, there, is, there are major red flags, and you are basically yeah. asked to end your career. And so I, if that ends up being it, there, there's going to be a lot of questions left for the NFL, but we're just all praying – He's going to be okay. A lot to get to in the second hour of the show. We've been off for a while, and so we'll react to a couple things that happened while we were gone. Next, hour number two on the Odyssey app and 1080. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.